630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. Uh, Yes, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays in action. They are trailing the Cardinals 3-1. That is in the top of the fifth. The Edmonton Stingers in the Canadian Elite Basketball League tip off at 7 at the Expo Centre against the Ottawa Blackjacks. Stingers are 10-8, and eight, just two games left in the regular season. They will be in the playoffs just working on some, uh, working on where they're going to be seated and try to get a, a home game before the championship weekend. The Blackjacks, again, their logo is not the number 21. They're named after a rabbit or a series of rabbits, I suppose. Family of rabbits, uh, they're coming in at uh, 6 and 12. So we'll keep an eye on that game once it starts. We had uh, a hear Ugawak on the show last night from the Edmonton Stingers. Local kid, played in the NCAA, now enjoying playing in his hometown, leaving soon. He's not going to quite finish the season with the Stingers. He signed a pro contract in the the top league in Germany. So he's going to be leaving to go over there. I believe he said August 4th is when he heads over. Anyway, good stuff for him. John Ryan, the new punter for your Edmonton Elks, or at the very least, he's going to be competing for the the punting job with Matt Mengel. He's going to join us in half an hour after the 7 o'clock news. And I am pleased to welcome to Inside Sports an alum of the double E former offensive lineman, Matt O'Donnell. Matt, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Appreciate you having me on again. Always a pleasure. Well, it's uh, nice to talk to you, and it's uh, nice to uh, that, that you'll uh, remain a guest for the show, even after your, your playing career has, coming to a, has come to an end. Of course, you announced your retirement back in early February. Uh, now, I, but I got to dive right in. How did the flag football game go last night? Because Justin Sorensen was on last night. And I didn't realize you guys are on the same flag football team. So how did it go? Uh, it didn't go great. We won. Uh, our team's a little bit stacked. We've got a couple of uh, CFL alumnus, Calvin McCarty, Grant Shaw, myself, and Sorensen. Probably could have, uh, you know, beat the brakes off them, but we played, played pretty sloppy. Only won, like, 28-7. to Just a conservative 21-point victory. Okay, so not bad. <laughs> <laughs> what? How? How do you enjoy now? Sorensen's been playing for a few years. I assume this is your first summer of flag football. How are you enjoying it? Is it is it adequate fuel for your competitive fire? Oh, it's it's plenty adequate. I'm uh, just enjoying getting out, a little more sunshine, a little more free time. You know, just trying to hit uh, hit a couple thousand steps a day now that I'm uh, working the old office job. All right, so you've transitioned into what? Tell us about the office job. Uh, so I started working for a hatch company. We do industrial commercial HVAC supply, um, selling giant heating and cooling equipment for industrial and commercial applications. Um, I know it's very, uh, very flashy job, but we got a great group of guys over there, a lot of former pro athletes, former firefighters, guys like that. They've been great about uh, taking me on and teaching me the ropes and getting me educated. And it's been a lot of fun. It's a great workplace, and they give me a lot of, uh, a lot of freedom. Okay, well, well, good stuff. I'm glad you're enjoying that. And, and you're staying in shape because when I texted you this afternoon to, to remind you that we were going to be calling you, you wrote back to me just pushing, just crushing a post-work gym session. So you're still pretty fit? I'd probably say I'm in the best shape of my life at the moment. I've been on that uh, that weight loss train trying to lose those, those offensive lineman pounds, you know. I can't stay that big forever and really try to tighten up the diet, keep the workouts going and play flag football and slow pitch just trying to burn those extra calories. 
Okay, so like, how do you compare your weight and your body type to your playing days? I'm down about almost 30 pounds from my playing days. Really? And are you yeah. are you consciously eating differently? When you were playing on the offensive line, did you just kind of have this eat-whatever-you-want mentality? Tell me about that. Yeah, it was definitely along those lines early in the career. It was a little more refined later in the career just to help provide longevity and, you know, to heal better and not feel so horrible putting, you know, fatty foods or unhealthy stuff in my body. But now it's now it's about, uh, you know, I can only do, you know, 2,300 calories a day, cut out all the delicious carbs that I've missed so much. And the goal is uh, to get down to 305. And right now I'm at about 318. I haven't been in the 310 since college. Oh, and we should remind everybody. What, what do you can? What do we consider your height? Six ten, six eleven. What do you go with? Uh, we'll go with six ten. And usually, I played football at about three forty-five, three fifty. So being down almost thirty plus pounds now. Uh, uh, amazing. All right. So yes, you are one of the offensive linemen who could block out the sun for sure, and you blocked most <laughs> defensive linemen trying to get at your quarterback, which fans appreciated o- over the years. Uh, th- your decision to retire. Uh, I, I mean, I believe you turned 33 a couple of months ago. So, you, I mean, you're not an old guy, but, uh, you know, for football, kind of once you get into that mid-30 range, maybe players start thinking about it. What cemented the decision for you? Well, I stumbled upon this opportunity. Um, unbeknownst to me, I started doing it during the, the COVID cancel season, working for Hatch. Uh, they were, you know, flexible and great enough to allow me to go back for another season. And they just asked me to think about, you know, committing full-time. I was thinking about, long-term career post-football. The goal probably was always RCMP, but I didn't feel like going to depot for six months and having to move to, you know, middle of nowhere in Canada. Like I've seen so many friends and family do since I have a young family. I didn't want to do that. Um, really like the guys I work with. They're great mentors. I like the I like the industry. And to be honest, the, the canceled COVID season kind of put it more into focus about what's life going to be like after football. Yeah, well, and that's fair. And you're not, you're, I mean, some guys didn't even come back after that season, right? I think that, that did kind of change an outlook for, for a lot of players, and maybe they started thinking about life after football. You've chosen to remain in Edmonton. Uh, I mean, you are originally from, uh, from British Columbia. As you know, sometimes the rest of the country likes to, to crap on Edmonton too far north, too cold in the winter. Yet uh, people who live here really like it, and a lot of people who, who do move here wind up staying here. Tell us about your decision to remain in Edmonton. Well, I love the community. They really embrace me as one of their own. Uh, it's a vibrant city. I've had tons of friends and family live in the province, move out here, work full-time, live here full-time. You know, it's it's a very underrated city in Canada. Everyone's always talking about, oh, Toronto this, Vancouver that. But, you know, I love the food scene here. I love the environment here. I don't mind the cold because I used to ski a lot. I play ice hockey too, so I don't mind the, the cold winter sports. I'm pretty built for winter with the old uh, midsection padding, so it doesn't bother me one bit. But uh, I do I do enjoy the, the plus 30 as well. The only thing I wish is that Alberta had a few more lakes. Oh, uh, fair enough. Yeah, well, we don't have the, the big ones like Ontario does. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Matt O'Donnell, former double E offensive lineman, joining us tonight on uh, on Inside Sports. It, you know, great to catch up with you. I was talking about the, the Edmonton Stinkers, the basketball team, before we came on. I, I know you and I have talked about this off air, I think, a couple of times. C- could you just give us the, the Coles notes? Because I have had people say to me, did that Matt O'Donnell guy play in the NBA? And I'm like, well, no, like he didn't <laughs> play in the NBA. And then they're like, well, wasn't he drafted into the NBA? So I want to get it straight from Matt O'Donnell. Tell us about your 
uh, relationship, I guess, with the NBA and a couple teams that took a look at you? So when I was coming out of uh, university there, it was during the NFL lockout. So while we were holding out to play, uh, to get a contract in the NFL, my agent shot me around with, like, my uh, statistics, like size, speed, strength, all that stuff. And I got a couple uh, free agent tryouts with the Celtics and the Raptors. And I was actually on my way to do one with the Heat before I signed the Bengals contract and kind of reversed course and headed down to Cincinnati. Okay, so what did these workouts involve? Uh, some of them, there's the, you know, the physical testing, obviously in the gym with the bench press, the speed, the agility, the jumping. Some of them were, you know, group drills, three on three, five on five, conditioning tests, you know, kind of the whole gambit for uh, for sporting. So did you ever actually think, I'm going to play in the NBA, or was it more something you just did, I, I'm just going to do it and, and have fun with it? I think it was more, it was a possibility to do the, the G League or the Development League and maybe turn into a, into the future. Um, having the height and athleticism, or decent athleticism, that was back when I was like 315, the last time I was 315. Um, I could move pretty well for a big guy, and you know my agent shot me around as a potential basketball player, one of those uh, hidden gems, but uh, football has always been my passion. Okay, yeah, I, I, I do find that interesting. And you had, what, two stints with the Cincinnati Bengals? Tell me about uh, you know getting looked at in, in, in the NFL. Like, is there a... I, I always ask this, and, and I, I don't know. I ask because I really don't know what the answer is going to be because I get everything from no difference to dramatic difference. Like NFL, the expectations of an O-lineman in the NFL versus the CFL, like was does the job feel different in one league to the next, to the next or how would you describe it? No, I think the expectations are the same. If you get your quarterback hit, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, block your guy, open up holes in the run game. Don't let the QB get hit, show some effort. Uh, the yard off the ball is a little bit different. It definitely changes your footwork on the offensive line. I distinctly remember that the first time going down, trying to trying to change my footwork technique from one yard off to no yard off. They're essentially, you know, breathing right on you. But, uh, no, I found you know, there's a lot of talent in the CFL that could play down there. And, uh, you know, you see it every year, guys going down there like Zilstra, Willie Jefferson, guys like that. So it's not a surprise that there's a lot of uh, crossover. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so uh, look, let's uh, let's dive into this year's team. I, I know you still follow the Elks, and they're two and five, not a great record. And last year, obviously, was three and eleven. Um, the, the five, I mean, basically, they played five close games. They've won two and lost three. Unfortunately, got blown out a couple of times. Um, do you see? And Chris Jones coached you. Do you see things like, yep, that's a Jones coach team? Uh, are, are you frustrated by the losses still being, you know, having more losses than wins? Or do you see some some progress here and some optimism for the rest of the season? Oh, no, there's room for plenty of optimism. Obviously, fans want to see the wins going up. But I thought they played Winnipeg really close last week. You know, a penalty here or there and maybe uh, one red zone trip to touchdown instead of a field goal. You're looking at a tie game or, you know, an even closer loss, the score kind of shows a different uh, different tale as they got that late last touchdown to kind of make it 24-10. But, you know, I got, a, uh, I got a lot of belief in Cornelius. He's a great kid. He's got a rocket of an arm. I think if you just keep giving him the practice and the time and believe in him, he's going he's gonna to take you some places. The O-line's great. Uh, defense is doing good. Special teams, too. They just got to limit some of the big returns. It's just playing smart football, you know. In the CFL, you can't have one mistake because it leads to, like, an, an epic event, like a return touchdown or a turnover or, you know, a, you know, a touchdown on defense. So 
you have to play mistake-free football, and I believe in Chris Jones and his staff. They were here. They turned it around in 14 and 15 for us. Um, they have a lot of work to do to overhaul, you know, the previous regime and what they did to the team and the roster. So I, I give them some patience, but, uh, you know, they're going to be winning some more games this year for sure. All right, so you mentioned Chris Jones. He was here in 2014 and 2015. In 2015, you guys won the Great Cup. Now, I, I, I have to admit, Matt, I have perhaps been negligent in pointing out a fact about that season. Because in 2015, Michael Riley, the, the quarterback, got hurt in the first game of the year. You guys were 6-4. and four. He came back, and you guys went 10-0. and 0, Eight regular season wins, the West Final, and the Great Cup. Oh, but there was another player who rejoined the team for 10 straight wins. And that was you, because you came back from the base. Like, maybe it's, it wasn't Riley. It was you coming back that spurred the 10-game winning streak. No, there was a lot of games where it was, you know, defense wanted or special teams wanted or offense wanted. But uh, I think the Stars is really aligned that year. We had a lot of great guys under contract that were now – like some of the best players in the CFL, right? Like we had Willie Jefferson, we had guys like that. We had Odell, I saw him the other day too. Like I think we just really had the stars aligned kind of team. Um, we had a couple injuries on the O-line that year, and that's when I came back from Cincinnati, <clears throat> you know, jumped right back in at guard. And then, uh, you know, you got a Hall of Fame player at quarterback like Mike Riley, you know, good things are bound to happen. Yeah. Oh, well, but that that is a. I, I think you should take more credit for going ten and zero. Like that, that's pretty cool. You played a whole. You didn't lose a football game that year. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was. Uh, it was a surreal event. We didn't really start tabulating how many we won in a row until we got to the playoffs. We're like, oh, like this is pretty legit. Like we were winning some close ones. No, I don't think people took us seriously because Calgary was a great team that year. BC was still a good team. You know, all the East teams were still pretty strong, and it's like, oh, they. I don't think they expect us to kind of come out of there and just start, you know, win after win after win, and then people started taking notice, and then we really believed in ourselves. And like I said, Chris Jones and Co., and Co they'll, they'll get the ball rolling the right way, and you have a lot of faith in them. All right. Well, Matt, it's great to catch up with you. Uh, we'll, we'll keep talking here, and I'm glad you're enjoying retirement, and it sounds like you're, you're in great shape and you're playing pretty well uh, with Flag. Like, who's the leader of the team? Is it McCarty? Is he the, the old warhorse calling all the plays and coaching, or who's the guy? No, it's, we're just a ragtag bunch. It's, uh, you know, the quarterback just kind of tells the guys what plays to run. I don't play defense because I'm not a good athlete, so I just kind of watch from the sidelines, but... I think it's a bunch of older guys who are just trying to, to stay in good shape, that's all. Okay, that's perfect. Matt, thanks so much for checking in tonight. All the best. Hopefully we'll see you around Commonwealth Stadium. I appreciate it, Reed. If I could, I just want to give a quick uh, birthday shout-out. Happy birthday, Shaden. He just turned 17. He's, uh, he's at the Staller right now after some unfortunate events. But uh, keep your head up, kid, and uh, take you to a game soon. Right on. Yeah, thanks for saying that, Matt. That is Matt O'Donnell, former offensive lineman for the double E joining us tonight on uh, inside sports side, great player and uh, obviously has transitioned well into life after football. Good stuff. And we'll be talking to a current member of the Elks was just traded here yesterday. John Ryan punter coming up after the seven o'clock news. I have something to give away. You will have to answer this trivia question live on air. So I will uh, give you the question now, and you can call in to Derek, 780-496-0063, and uh, he'll cue you up, and we'll bring you in after the break. So what, what we're giving away here is uh, somebody's going to win a pass for four 
to golf at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. The Ranch, of course, one of the top golf courses in the Edmonton area for all ages and abilities. So we're going to get a pass for 18 holes of golf for you and three friends. And as I've always stressed, you do not have to bring friends. You could just bring enemies or random people. But you're going to get a pass for you and three friends to play at the Ranch. Here is the trivia question you're going to have to answer live on air. I, uh, I consider it quite easy. It is golf-related, but you're going to have to think back about three months or so. Who won the Masters in April? Who's the 2022 Masters champion? 780-496-0063. Back in a couple of minutes. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, that is the Nuge, beloved player here in oil country all right so i I think this is a pretty straightforward question especially since i've uh, given you three or four minutes to think about it we're giving away a pass for uh, a round for four people at the ranch golf and country club pretty simple golf themed question who is the reigning masters champion we have jeremy on the line jeremy how are you doing great how about yourself Good. Do you remember there was that uh, show called uh, A Bear Called Jeremy that was a children's show back when we were kids? I I do. I'm 45, so I definitely know that one. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm 48. Perfect. I I didn't mind that show. It was was kind of that weird stop-motion animation, and it actually had a plot. Like, didn't he go on adventures and stuff? Yeah, it was was actually pretty funny. I usually actually get uh, referred to more of the Friendly Giant with uh, Jerome. You remember Jerome? In the oh yeah, giant. of course. Yeah, I, I still don't understand why the rooster had to live in a bag hanging on the wall. Like, isn't that animal abuse? Where was Peta? Okay. Anyway, Jeremy. First of all, I appreciate that you listened to the show. I think this is a relatively straightforward one. Uh, who won the Masters back in April? Well, I know who I was cheering for. I was hoping Rory would do it, but uh, Scotty Scheifler ended up winning with a minus ten, so it was a good uh, little run. He did. McElroy shot us. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. He he even missed a couple putts on the, <laughs> on the oh, last he hole. Did. I know. Uh, McElroy shot a 64, which I believe is the best final round ever. Not a course record, but the best final round ever. Okay, do you golf a lot? Yeah, I do. I was actually just out today on the Highlands, and it was beautiful. So yeah, I had a good day, and uh, can't complain. Good stuff. Are you are you a low handicapper? Oh, I don't know about that. I can hit the ball far, but I hit it far in the bushes. So. <laughs> well, that's that's the challenge, right? I, there's a lot of guys who can. I, I was saying earlier, I, I golfed with some, some guys at the, the Mark Spector tournament today, and we had a guy, he could hit it. Like, I would say 280 for him was a shorter drive. Like, he was pushing 300, but he was straight the, the large majority of the time. Okay, I, I stay on the line. I'm going to ask you another fun question. Okay. For our off-topic topic. I don't know if you heard this earlier. The Mega Millions jackpot in the United States is a billion dollars. On Friday, you, if you win, you can get a billion dollars, but it's paid out in annual installments over 30 years, or you get $600 million cash immediately. Which would you do? I think I'd take it over 30 years, quite honestly, because 600 million, I don't know if I'd last a year. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest with you. (laughs) You you try to buy the Oilers or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'd lay the 600 600 down. I don't know if I'd buy the Oilers. I'd be going for something a bit less. They're they're worth about, what, nine now, aren't they? Yeah, well, you're right. (laughs) Their values, uh, all sports teams are good. Yeah, you'd probably buy, uh, I don't know, buy a couple... You could buy Arizona. You could build Arizona a real rink. 
Okay, Jeremy, you're you're uh, you're an awesome caller. I'm glad you won. Hang on the line, Kate, because uh, Derek's going to take down your information. That is Jeremy. Knew that Scotty Scheffler won the Masters. I I got to say, I think I would take the six hundred million dollars up front. I would just say, give me the money. I know I wouldn't spend it all. I I would want to just just have it, and you could you could put some away and invest it or whatever. But I, I think I would just say, you know what, just give me the six hundred million instead of a billion spread over thirty years. But it's, a, it's kind of a fun thing to think about, isn't it? All right, John Ryan, Hunter for the Elks. He's coming up. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.